Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight on Maryland. It's Gina Crash, your host for the next half hour or so. We'll be joined by Christy Green. She's the executive director of the Maryland Coalition of Families, MCF. Hi, Christy. Hi, thank you for having me. We're so excited to have you. You're a first-time guest on the show. And just to tell people a little bit about Maryland Coalition of Families, MCF, you're a statewide nonprofit dedicated to connecting, supporting, and empowering families who are experiencing behavioral health challenges. The organization advocates to improve services and systems that impact individuals with behavioral health challenges and to reduce stigma related to behavioral health. MCF staff like you provide one-on-one support to families of children and adults experiencing behavioral health issues and anyone who cares for someone with a substance abuse or problem gambling issue. So that's really important work, Christy, as we can hear from the introduction. And um, just wondered, how long have you been in your role and um, a two-parter? And then is there something in your particular background in your life that led you to such important work like this? Sure. So the interesting thing is I am fairly new to the organization. I just started April 25th. So I do not have um, years and years of experience with MCF, but I'm but what brought me to MCF is, I think, critical in my life and hopefully will have an impact on the state of Maryland and those we serve. And I have an extensive nonprofit background. Um, in fact, I spent the last 10 years at a nonprofit community center in West Baltimore City, um, you know, with educational programs, mental health and support programs. And um, it was through that work and through some um, personal um, as we talk about, you'll you'll hear this more. We we all have lived experience at MCF, and I'll explain a little bit what that means, but in a bit. But what it means for me is um, my husband's family. Um, we uh, I lost we lost my husband's twin brother to suicide last August. Um, very tragic and very terrible um, due to an overdose. And then my, our nephew was living with us, our young adult nephew, and was struggling with substance use disorder and uh, did one last, one last time, and he uh, overdosed and died. And when those two things happened within a month of each other, um, I felt really driven and passionate to find an organization that would help me not feel or that would make an impact, like that would help um, those that feel isolated and alone um, going through this, um, because it sure, surely as a family, um, you know, uh, impacts the entire family. So um, I came to MCF with the hope that 
we could help families across Maryland because I love the mission and the work and the impact we have across the state. So unfortunately, we have our sad stories, um, you know, our lived experience. But because of that, we can help others who are going through something very similar. Yeah. And you can really relate. And I'm sorry for both of your losses. And um, and I really admire you for channeling that into how to help others and to maybe hopefully prevent some of those situations if you can. And lately, people have been hearing a lot that there is just such a demand for mental health services right now. Why is that in particular, do you think? Sure. Well, of course, you know, the social isolation brought on by the pandemic caused a dramatic increase in mental health conditions like anxiety and depression. I don't think any of us could could talk about someone we ourselves or someone we know without talking about this because we have you know, connections with all um, our family and friends, and we've seen it, right? We've seen it live and in person. And some populations are affected more than others. Um, so when we look at people in reco- recovery for drug and alcohol addiction, they're more likely to experience relapse or overdose in after what we've gone been going through with the pandemic. And currently, Maryland, unfortunately, is ranked the seventh worst state in the nation um, for a rate of opioid deaths. And that's truly unfortunate. And then our young people, right? Um, We are hearing that more and more young people are asking for help. And because we help with from early childhood development, all ages, all the way up, you know, we're hearing that 58% of high school students say they struggled with mental health during the pandemic. And sadly, Marylanders under the age of 17 make up the largest percentage of ER visits for suicide attempts. Wow. And yeah, it's especially backing up a little bit to the to the opioid deaths. I mean, I personally know someone who who lost a son to that. And I think all of us can kind of relate. And especially like you were saying, during the pandemic with that isolation and and um, and being out of the classroom, that's that's still a problem as we've returned to the classroom. What what sorts of things um, are you able to help families and and, uh, kids with that specifically? Sure. So our mission, of course, is to connect, support, and empower. We're not treatment providers, but all of our staff have experienced mental and behavioral health issues in our own families. And so we know what to do. We can share what we've learned to help others in the situation. So that's our lived experience. But we do this. We help families access and navigate services and systems um, because it's a lot. It's hard to navigate. It's tough. Um, so we provide tools, you're, you know, connecting them to other families with similar experiences, with support groups. We even go to schools, um, which I can talk about, too, helping navigate, like, the indiv- individualized um, education um, plan um, for each student. Um, so it's important to ensure that our families' voices are heard and that we're also raising awareness and fighting stigma that's often associated Um, with um, behavioral health issues. And so each family that calls is actually connected to what we call a family peer support specialist. And we, um, we call FPSS, but family peer support specialist who will help the family connect to all these resources and help them know they're not alone. And all of our services, which I think this is really important, are confidential and free to families regardless of income. Wow, that's incredible. And you were talking about some of those, uh, the school aspect of things. Did you want to um, expand on that a little bit about what, what you were talking about? 
Sure. Um, so I have um, a couple of stories. One of the things that I think is really important for Family Voice is we actually have a director of public policy and monthly all of our family peer support specialists meet with her. And so across the state, we're sharing um, what we're seeing in families, what we're seeing pop up, what we're seeing is a trend, um, any difficulty navigating any systems any type of legislation that might help. And our director of public policy then actually hears, you know, directly from our family peer support specialist, which is directly from the families. Um, I've heard everything from schools, housing, ER visits, court case, custody challenges, and more. Um, and was in awe of the impact we have across the state because she takes that information and goes to our legislators. She'll testify, she'll research, she'll look up legislation, um, she'll get quite, answer questions on health benefits to go back to the families and take care of that. So, but like some of the things I've seen, for example, is, you know, we had a family that was referred to us and it could be a referral or somebody can call us directly. Um, somebody that needed resources for Howard in Coward County. And within 15 minutes, we had resources to the family. Within two hours, the family was enrolled in home therapy. And that's a service they've spent over a year trying to find on their own. So people ask us all the time, like, what's your favorite reason to work here? And it's because these are the moments that we, we can make the magic happen. We can have that impact and work as a team and um, be part of each other's lives and change for the good. So it's really exciting to see those changes. I mean, we even working with early childhood development um, can, is super um, challenging and growing as well. So there's just um, incidences that I can share. I can, um, you know, where we've gone to schools and sat in the individualized education plan and made a difference for that child in school and got them connected to the therapy they needed or got them in addition connected to the YMCA. And, and also it's really important to take care of our um, caregivers' well-being and making sure they're getting the therapy and support that they need as well, because this is tough. Mm-hmm. That's, those are all very important points and what incredible resources. And, and to have your, your public policy expert like that, who's not just accepting the way things are, but is actually looking into how we can make things better for people. What an amazing resource that is to have in-house. Yes, thank you. I, I um, am excited for the new legislation sec- um, session to open up soon because I will be joining her in the state house. Um, making the rounds and advocating for our families across the state of Maryland. Wow. Well, thank you on behalf of everyone here in the area. And and the fact that you're statewide, too, um, and this show Spotlight on Maryland generally will, you know, focus on more, uh, you know, Baltimore or or the surrounding areas. But the fact that it is statewide, that's unique, too. So is there a particular area in our state that seems to be um, most in need or is it sort of just runs the gamut that, that we need help everywhere? Well, we definitely need help everywhere. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I think everybody needs help everywhere. Yep. But um but what we've what we've done is we've divided our state into seven regions and we have eight teams. So our eight teams, um one of them is our referral team. So they get the phone call, they get the referral and then they connect someone they would connect that person to someone in their region. So they will, um, it's a local person that they're actually going to be working with. So 
when someone calls for help in Baltimore City, our referral team will then connect them with our team in Baltimore City. Um, so the seven regions, we have seven offices across the state, but each one local. So um, Baltimore City stands on its own um, because it's a city and we have a lot of people in a, in a smaller space. And uh, so we have a Baltimore City team, but then we also have like a Hartford County and Baltimore um, County team. And so we're just um, split across the state. And um, I think I have here, um, we have a Western Baltimore City, Mid Upper Shore, Northern Central, Southern Central, Mid Central and Lower Shore. Those are our seven local teams across the state. And then we have um, the one team of referral specialists that make sure that everyone is connected to not just someone in their local region, but someone with that um, similar experience, lived experience so they can help them navigate their area for what's available, but also relate to them for what they're going through. Yeah, that's so important to do. And when you say um, behavioral health issues that people have challenges with, you're serving uh, families coping with a broad array of challenges. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you serve? And we kind of did geographically, but kind of, um, you know, more specifically about who you serve. Sure, absolutely. So we were founded in 1999. And from the beginning, we focused on helping parents and caregivers of children with mental health challenges. Um, but that includes children um, diagnosed with anxiety disorders, ADHD, eating disorders, depression, PTSD, autism spectrum disorder, and other conditions. But over the years, we've expanded to also serve families of adults with mental health concerns, such as bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, as well as substance use and problem gambling issues. And do you have a personal story about that as well? I do. We have a family that I love to talk about. Um, we had a mom was referred to us on the Eastern Shore. Um, we have many partners across the state. So it was by Eastern Shore Mobile Crisis. And she was seeking assistance for her 11-year-old son. And so our family peer support specialist was connected to her and right away discussed the family's needs and challenges and struggles because she was having trouble connecting to services for her son. She just felt like she wasn't being understood. Um, she wasn't being heard and she was exhausted and she was placing her own self-care behind the care of everyone else, right? That's, that's important <laughs> that you're focusing on caregivers as well. Yeah, that's an incredibly important point. It is important. And um, he had, uh, he was um, autistic. He was actually diagnosed with mental, multiple mental health diagnoses, including autism, ADHD, and past trauma. And then he got suspended from school. And mom was very, you know, frustrated with school. And so we attended school meetings. We met with her in advance. We walked, um, we basically were able to change um, best, like, discuss our concerns and talk about best practices to communicate with the school and build her skills, her advocating skills, so that she could then feel more confident and comfortable in talking to the school. And through the meetings, we are actually able to request and obtain changes in Robert's school environment, which led to improved behaviors at school and home and significant improvement in his grades. 
So by connecting him with resources at state and local level, um, all kinds of different resources like Maryland Autism Waiver, Developmental Disabilities Administration. I mean, there's so many facets here. And then the importance of her self-care, and now she's in therapy, and she's doing better, and Robert's participating in a psychiatric rehabilitation program that is helping him develop his social skills. And just, it's so exciting to see that we were able to make that connection, help her advocate for her and her family, her son, and see a significant improvement. And wow, what a different story it would be if they didn't have the expertise of the Maryland Coalition of Families, you know? Absolutely. I mean, what would people do with that? Let's not think about that because your services are so valuable to the families that you work with. And tell us why. They're just... Mental health impacts everyone in the family. It's not just um, the person with the diagnosis. And so when your loved one, um, whether it's a child or adult of any age, is struggling with a mental health issue and you don't know how to help them, it is very hopeless and isolating. I've experienced that myself, as I mentioned, not knowing who to call, who to talk to, not knowing who else has, has been through this. And you just don't know what to do. And so there are many resources available, and we can help find them. So um, we're here to listen to families' concerns and challenges and point families in the right direction. In a sense, mentor, support, connect, and be there, just knowing that you have um, that person that you can call. And, um, I mean, we had another – we have, like, for example, grandparents who – or aunts and uncles who have custody – of um, their grandchildren or their nieces and nephews. And that can be, a, you know, a completely different dynamic as a grandparent, for example, trying to relate to your grandchildren, raising them. And we recently had um, a grandma who has custody of three children. All three children needed support. And the, her daughter, the mother of the children, died um, from substance use disorder with an overdose. And so she continued with legal guardianship. And so, like, she was getting help for one of the kids, but not all three. And so we stepped in, helped her get care for all three, support. All three were diagnosed with a variety um, of, of different issues and challenges, um, and it's just been really tough on her. And she stated that she could never thank her family peer support specialist or care coordinator enough um, that the support she got from us, now she's been able to focus on her own self-care and also help her three grandchildren and as an advocate and better understanding the system and what they're going through and that she finally feels connected. She went to one of our weekend retreats and she, it it was life changing. And that's what we love to hear. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you. I'm so proud of us. I know. I'm so proud of you too. And we were just meeting you today, but I'm also so, so glad that people are getting to hear this program and hear the the work that you do is is just amazing. And um, of course, substance use is also a serious issue among families. And I'm just wondering what kind of support do you offer for families caring for someone with substance abuse issues? Sure. So, you know, addiction is often called a family disease because those closest to to the addicted person usually suffer the most. It's very tough to watch and see, and that's what I, my husband and I experienced with 
his twin brother and our nephew and family members, you know, you're watching this happen. You're watching the personality and behavior of their loved one change, of our loved ones change in devastating ways. And you just don't know the right things to do, the right things to say. How do you step in? What do you do? So we connect you to treatment and other resources for the person with the addiction, um, but also this whole family. So we help create action plans, set goals, offer support groups and opportunities to learn about addiction. And then again, I'm going to throw in self-care again. Yep. Um, you can't take care of someone else when you're not okay. That's right. You got to put and your, your, your seatbelt on first before you help another one, right? It, yes. It's a very stressful situation to be in. And so if you're not in a good place to do that, it's just so important for you to take care of yourself first so that you can help your loved one. And, you know, that's where I, I can say, having been in it, that is tough to do because you are so stressed out. You don't know if you're doing the right things. Your head is, you know, flying around, like thinking, like, should I be doing this different? Should I be approaching this? Where did they go? Like, we, our nephew would disappear and we would have to go out and find him. And it's just really difficult to take care of yourself in the middle of such a crisis, but we, we are there to help do that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And um, problem gambling is another area that impacts a lot of families too. Tell us a little bit more about that. Cause maybe, um, you know, that's something that's becoming increasingly more um, common as well, isn't it? Sure. And it, it has a lot of stigma. And so of course that's one of the, you know, one of our goals is to reduce stigma, but gambling addiction can happen to anyone. And for some people, it starts out as fun and then can turn into a healthy, unhealthy um, obsession that causes serious problems for the entire family and is often associated with other behavior and mood disorders. So a lot of people don't realize that many gambling, many people with a gambling problem will also, could also, might be struggling with substance use issues, ADHD, anxiety, depression, or bipolar disorder. And this is, this statistic blew me away. The risk of dying by suicide is 15 times higher in people with gambling addictions. Wow. I thought that was incredible. I don't, know that I knew that before MCF. No, I definitely yeah. didn't either. And is that because there's like a, a sort of a no way out feeling if you get yourself caught up in a situation, you know, where yeah. you're in trouble and you don't know how to get out and it's just too big. And again, thank goodness you're there with Maryland Coalition of Families to help people going through that. How are you able to help some of those families? Sure. So we can help um, find professional help. Um, we also... Um, connect uh, resources for financial support, for credit card debt, foreclosures, and other issues like that associated with problem gambling. Um, because you're right, they, you, like a story that I have recently with this is a woman, um, well, actually her partner called because she disappeared. And um, we sometimes, we work a lot actually with the Center of Excellence for Problem Gambling. And if a, someone who's struggling with gambling calls them, they will help them directly. But if a family member, partner, or friend calls, then they'll refer them to us because we're fa more family-oriented to help the entire family. And so um, it, was, it was interesting. One of um, a partner called concerned about 
a woman who had been known to relapse and she had disappeared and she was only calling um, every couple of days. She was living in the parking garage in her car at the MGM at Washington Harbor. She'd been sleeping there. She's been not eating and gambling almost nonstop. And in the past when this had occurred, she would borrow money um, who then turned around and threatened her and her partner when she couldn't pay. Oh, wow. And then like over $30,000. And so I know. So, you know, you're scared Oof. for this person. Yeah. And um, so and the financial damage and, you know, it's like a binge. It's a binge instance, you know, where you're binging and you put yourself into a dangerous predicament that you don't think you can get out of. And so we were able to do wellness checks, um, do non-emergency police calls, and do wellness checks um, and try to locate her, find her, and intervene. Um, And this is one of those unfortunate incidences. We couldn't find her. We couldn't find her car. And so, um, you know, this is, this is how dangerous and scary these circumstances can be. And sometimes you just have to pull in, you know, the police and um, other groups to help uh, intervene. And we can do that. Yep. And this summer, I know we're running out of time here, but I really want to cover this. The This summer, the U.S. launched the 988 new nationwide um, suicide and crisis lifeline. Tell us why, from your perspective, this is such an important new resource for families. So it's huge. So we always have the suicide hotline, but it was like a 1-800 number that no one could remember. Right. <laughs> and when you need, when you need, when you need yeah, you're, <laughs> let me, let me, I'm in a crisis. Let me go Google it and figure out what the number is. Yeah, no, this is so much easier. Again, 988, we can't say it enough. And the trained professionals on the other end are helping so many people. Correct. Like, this is so great. So the 988, it just makes it simple. We actually did a study, um, uh, with our families on when there's an emergency, where do people call before 988 came out? And they would call the suicide hotline and try to get a mobile crisis team out. And that was their most successful experience. So 988 turned that into a more simple, easier experience to do that. Technically, if you call 911, you're not sure like if the police officer is going to be trained for whatever's occurring, or as we know with the pandemic, if you go straight to the ER, you you know, there might not be a bed available. There might not be room or time um, for this situation. So 988 has been a game changer and and, um, it's getting that mental health crisis, um, you know, addressed um, without having to call the police or the paramedics or go to the ER. And so mobile crisis teams are ready to go. Now, we're not part of the mobile crisis teams, but better believe we make sure the 988 number is out there and we're connecting people to them if we need to do that. And um, it's designed to connect callers to mental health resources, which then is us. Right, right. And then we we were literally almost out of time. But I want people to know how families in need um, of support can get in touch with Maryland Coalition of Families, whether that's by phone or online or social media. Please tell us how to do that because you guys, I'm sure, sure there's plenty of people out there that need your help. Sure. So for our phone number is 410-730-8267. Again, that's 410-730-8267. Or we can be emailed at help 
at MD, like Maryland, coalition.org, or feel free to visit us online at MD Maryland, um, mdcoalition.org. And we're here for you. We're ready with support groups, one-on-one, um, connecting, um, workshops. We're ready. That's awesome. Yeah, we didn't have uh, as much time to get into those support groups and trainings, but that just means we'll have to all, you know, have you come back. And obviously, that's one of the many things that you do to help folks. Again, mdcoalition.org. 410-730-8267. And of course, that new suicide, uh, National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988 if anyone should need that as well. Thank you so much, Christy Green, Executive Director of the Maryland Coalition of Families, MCF, for joining us today. And thanks for all you do every day for our community. Thank you so much for having me. I love sharing it. And we're, we're here. We're yeah, ready. That's right. You're ready. Standing by for sure with with trained professionals to help a lot of people. So thank you all so much for listening to this has been a production of Odyssey Baltimore. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month. with Eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.